My name is Carl Palchuk. Welcome to this month's session of the Down Under edition of Free Day Friday for May 18th, 2012. My intent with these Free Day Fridays is to give um, advice in a small quantity for free. Uh, and so any, anyone who's interested can send me questions at carlp, K-A-R-L-P, at greatlittlebook.com. And I will uh, answer as many as I can. Uh, people who are too busy to attend um, when this is on miss out. I'm sorry about that, but there's not much I can do about it. Um, because it's a free event, I'm going to do it uh, when it's convenient for me. So <laughs> that's the way it works sometimes. Today, a handful of people will get some focused attention on their issues and their business. Uh, anyone else uh, who would like to can um, log on to the, the website associated with the instant teleseminar and um, you know, put in a question into the question area, and I will try to get to those. Um, or you can, uh, uh, again, email me questions, and I will get to those if I can. Um, so we're going to start with questions that were emailed to me, and then we'll take some audience questions. For next month, if you are interested, please email your questions to carlp at greatlittlebook.com. All right, so a few announcements before we jump in here with both feet. First, I went to the SMB 150 banquet yesterday, and there were a couple of people there from Australia. I was actually thoroughly impressed. Um, people came from Brazil. Carlos Roca came from Brazil, and he, he literally came just for this. So I, I was really kind of impressed with that. And um, we have people there from the UK, people there from Australia. So. It was a very nice event, very well done, um, not, a, not a big show of any kind. It really was focused on an evening of, of entertainment. It was very nice. So I hope that Harry does that again next year and um, that uh, we had just as good of a turnout because the room was full. It was very, very nice. On other fronts, the SMB conference, online conference, is going on at the end of June, June 26, 27, 28. And right now, you can use the code ITPRO2012, that's ITPRO2012, will get you $200 off admission. So that $299 package right now, you would be able to get for $99, and you would receive for that 18 hours of presentations. So it's really uh, a great deal, and I encourage everybody to take a look at that. Just go to smbonlineconference.com, and uh, or you know I, I've, I've linked to it several places. But if you if you Google SMB Online Conference, you will find it, and uh, that code ITPRO2012 gets you $200 off. So please take advantage of that. We are still doing the Cloud Services Roundtable. One of the uh, things that we're doing is that the material we're presenting here. Um, is being recorded, and if you listen to it live, it's free, but if you want to listen to it later, uh, that's that's limited to people who are members of the Cloud Services Roundtable. So you can even send in a question, as Kurt did today, send in a question and then uh, listen to it later on the podcast 
uh, assuming that the recording comes out well, which it, it has so far. So, And uh, next announcement is that the network migration workbook is finally, finally, finally out. And um, we have five new chapters. There's like 150 or 175 pages worth of new material. Uh, we have consolidated the big checklist into one big, big checklist. And uh, so that it covers all versions of SBS uh, 2011, 2008, 2003 in one massive checklist. Uh, so that's revised. We've revised little, you know, bits of various chapters and um, a lot of the material at the front of the book. And then, of course, added five new chapters, which include migrating to cloud services, migrating to small business server 2011 essentials, and um, even setting up a network and migrating to foundation server, which is the um, Microsoft um, Server 2008 R2 Foundation Edition, uh, which is a very cool little product. It's it's for us actually for a smaller audience than SBS Essentials. So uh, anyway, so we got a whole chapter on migrating to that, and uh, and some discussion about um, how you package things for uh, using these smaller servers, using what we call a server light approach to um, putting in a server and connecting it up with cloud services. <clears throat> So, uh, and then finally, the last announcement of the day is that Jeff Middleton's conference is in June, beginning of June, and it's in New Orleans, and that will be a very cool conference. So I encourage you to go check that out. Go to sbsmigration.com and um, you know, click on the information for the conference and see uh, what's going on there. All righty, so the kickoff question today, <coughs> excuse me, comes from Kurt B. And his, uh, first he gives a little background. He says, uh, I've been in business for just a couple of years now. Came from the medical field as chief technology officer of a medium-sized medical center and started an MSP focused on medical among other verticals. I just hired a full-time sales guy a few weeks ago to help me uh, sell my services along the way. All righty. So his question is, he says, maybe you could talk about the cloud five-pack offering and the medical field. I just finished listening to another of your products, and you touched briefly on the medical line of business applications. And then he, he's got another question, so we're, we'll get into that. But um, So the cloud five-pack, just for those of you who are not familiar with it, is we, we put together a bundle, and you can put it together a different bundle, but the bundle that we put together is we sell up to five licenses for people to get spam filtering, antivirus, storage. They get 250 gigs of storage, uh, an exchange mailbox, uh, and um, basically they're set up so that each of their machines can be connected up to the cloud and they're, they're monitored and so we can do patch management and so forth. And then we sell a managed service add-on to that for 249 So if you want us to actually come in and fix the machines for free, um, then you, you get that upgrade. So for us, that's a $249 U.S. dollar uh, package. And um, in terms of the medical field, we have a, a few doctors. And to be honest, our doctors tend to have bigger networks. But um, it works really great 
um, in any office, whether it's medical or not, as long as it's a small office. I mean, the key to success is that once you get to 15 or 20 people, you're kind of at the limit of the, the Cloud 5 pack, primarily because the exchange component gets to be a little expensive. And people, you know, once you get uh, five of these five packs with the um, managed service, you're, you're looking at a pretty good-sized bill. Uh, assuming it's about 500 bucks to get both of those components, if you got five five-packs, that's 2,500 bucks a month um, for, you know, maintaining their systems. Now, the truth is that those clients would not have to have um, you know, any in-house servers. They wouldn't have to have um, any kind of um, 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 exchange in, in-house, uh, anything like that. So it's pretty cool. And um, hold on one second. I'm looking at my control panel. There we go. Um, so, you know, it's it's kind of cool that these people have uh, no server in-house, and that makes their life a lot easier. In terms of the medical field, um, the, the big thing is, does the doctor have some other separate system? A lot of the, the EMR, the electronic medical record systems, are now online. So if they access it that way, then whether or not you have Cloud 5-pack is kind of irrelevant because um, as long as they're accessing something over the Internet and they don't really have a need for a server on site, they're no different from any other small client. So that's uh, an important component. Um, and so in, in that regard, uh, I don't think that uh, it matters whether they're medical or not medical um, as long as they've got no big server on site. Now, we're okay, if you recall, we're okay with a small server. We're happy to provide a server for um, a, uh, a nominal fee. You know, we'll put like a small business server or even a foundation server in there for maybe um, 100 bucks a month, and, and that works for those small clients. So Kurt's question continues, and he says, I've got a few medical clients with big burly EMR systems running on multiple servers. So how do you approach situations such as those? Do you still charge them $350 for the server to manage them? Um, and again, it doesn't matter. He, he, he had talked about virtualization in a part I didn't read, but whether they're virtual or not, um, and then strap a Cloud 5 pack on top of that. So yes, we exactly, we do this. We have a few clients that they, for whatever reason, they got one, two, or sometimes three servers. Uh, they have a big line of business app. doesn't necessarily have to be medical. and um, But they don't want to have an exchange server in-house. They don't want to have their, you know, a big storage in-house. They want to have all of that stuff just work and not have to um, be buying a new server for just for that. So normally, they've got some server that runs like SQL, for their line of business app. It tends to be the domain controller, and um, as, as a domain controller, it handles all the logons, so they're good to go. Um, they have, sometimes they'll have a, another server that's for backup, uh, and they might have one for centricity or some other uh, medical line of business application. And so they've got a few servers there. Uh, they might even have a BDR 
but they don't need to have exchange on site. They don't need to have remote access to their systems because other than the, the doctors, the partners, um, nobody really needs that. So the Cloud 5X works really well for them. And even if they've got 15 people, uh, we would sell them three Cloud 5-packs. Um, that way they get all the managed services. We do then charge $350 per server. So if they got three servers, that's another, whatever, $1,050 um, plus the Cloud 5-pack charges. So um, it, it does add up for them, but it's in our case, it's uh, almost exactly the same price as if they were on our old managed service pricing model. The difference is they don't have one extra server in-house. Now, having said all that, sometimes when people have two or three servers already, adding one more server is kind of not a big deal for them. They're expecting to cycle through these servers. Um, if a server is only doing file storage, uh, it doesn't have to necessarily be the fastest server out there. So while we don't necessarily want a, uh, exchange on-site, if you had a small business server essentials that took care of the storage, you might be able to put a lot of your line of business apps on that. Um, what we've tried to avoid is, and, and it's just for us, but we draw this line between, um, um, you know, people who need to have uh, just a couple of light, light little programs on site and people who need to have really beefy stuff. And if they need really beefy stuff, we tend to just go with big school, small business server, 2011, and, um, you know, that is how we make that work. Um, and if they if they only have light stuff, um, we'll go with essentials. So the, the key to success is that um, in any field is just separate the services out into really big categories. And by that I mean, you know, there's a category for backup. What will be your backup solution? Does it have to be on site? Does it have to does it require a BDR? Are you moving it up to the cloud? Um, we've, we've gotten to an era where backup is, there's so many options, and, and the problem is they have so many options that it really can be uh, almost too easy to set up a bad backup system. And there's a thing going around on uh, Facebook recently, a uh, link to a YouTube video about how the people who were Pixar was making Toy Story 2 and somebody entered the wrong command, the RM star, and literally removed all of the programming for Toy Story 2. They, they just lost it. And so they said, well, that's not a problem. We'll just go get it from the backup. We do a backup every night. And they went to the backup, and their backups had not worked for over a month, and they weren't testing them. And you know what I always say, if you don't test your backup, you don't have a backup. So they, 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 that was it. They had lost their server. They had lost the movie. They were looking at um, spending, because they, they had the storyline and so forth, but they're looking at spending a year recreating the movie based on the storyline that they had just finished. And this was you know, very near the end of the movie being completed. Well, it turns out that one of the, people there who was working on this movie, she tells the story of how 
she took a copy of the movie home because she wanted to show it to her kid. So she actually had a backup of the movie so they didn't lose everything. But, um, you know, I mean, theoretically, somebody's not supposed to be doing that. Somebody should not be taking home a copy of your server. So when you, when you divide the work into these really big categories, you know, if backup is one, decide what is the absolute best backup solution for this client within the parameters of what they can afford and uh, and make that happen for them. And then uh, look at, okay, so what about authentication, logons? Okay, what's the best thing for this client? Now, a lot of times that's sort of less important because it's, you know, basically, it's got to happen. So let's see if answering other problems gets that logon question answered, right? So because if you've got a SQL server, what the heck, you could make it a domain controller. That would handle logons. You'd be good to go. Um, what do you want to do with the big services? What do you want to do with storage? Does it need to be on site and then is copied to the cloud? Or can it exist completely in the cloud and people will just bring files to them, work on them, and put them back in the cloud? Um, so, so if you if you look at it in those terms, when you approach a client who's like, uh, we've got a law firm, they got three servers, but they have like seven employees, so they don't need massive, huge server that's going to handle all of those logons at eight o'clock in the morning. Who cares, right? Seven logons, they could all log on in the same second. Nobody would notice the difference, right? So, so they don't need a massive server to handle. Uh, Active Directory. Um, so once they've got these three servers in-house, it's pretty easy to say, you know, one of those servers that handles the primary storage is also going to handle Exchange, and therefore we're just going to uh, sell them SPS Standard Edition. Um, and, and in fact, this one, this client is SPS Premium because uh, they've got a, another server that's running a big SQL database. So they get all that in the uh, in the premium licensing. So that kind of settles the question. Obviously, they are not a cloud client because it doesn't make sense to also sell them a package that's bundled with storage and exchange mailboxes. Then we have other clients who, you know, traditionally what they've done is they've had lots and lots of storage, but it's Word, Excel, PowerPoint. They don't do any massive databases. Um, they just need to be able to get to their stuff. Um, if those things are big files, uh, like CAD files or graphics files, then usually what we're going to do is put a small device on site, and, and and really it can be any cheap piece of junk that's there. It just needs to be able to serve up files, and it gets backed up as often as you want, you know, whether it's every hour or every night. But it gets backed up to the cloud so that, you know, even if something goes wrong with that piece of hardware on site, they've got it all in the cloud. They've got it backed up in the cloud. And that's a very, very common scenario. In fact, it's becoming our most common scenario. Our other scenario is that we have clients who are spread out all over the place, and they don't really have an office. So, again, also very common today. And so all of their storage is in the cloud. And even if they've got really gargantuan files, uh, they have to be good about basically checking out the files and checking them back in when they're done, so um, so that you know the, the cloud offering works very well for that. So again, you just you, you look at what are the the big categories in terms of uh, exchange and storage 
backup, and then you know the the security stuff, the uh, the antivirus and the and the patch management, spam filtering, and all that. You know, what's the best way to provide all those? And you know, no matter how you slice it, once you've got your offering kind of set for a few clients, you're going to find that more and more of your clients fit into that offering because it's going to be something that just makes sense. And um, so, so that's at least that's been our experience. So um, I, I will say that our Cloud 5-Pack is really intended for small offices. I mean, it is for 5, 10, 15. Um, our clients have tended to bulk when we've tried to sell it into a 20-user environment. We have a few of those, but usually at that point they're like, man, I, I think I'll just, you know, have a, an Exchange server in-house. So uh, that's that. Um, and then, let's see, da, 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 da. okay, so that's it for Kurt. Thank you, Kurt. Appreciate that. Um, next a question is from Ron. Ron says, I'm just getting out of school and looking at the IT industry. Is this a good time to get into the consulting business? Is it possible to start as an MSP without existing clients? And if you started over today, what would you do? Well, okay, so luckily that's a really simple question. <laughs> it's like, wow, it takes over everything. So uh, let me take it in pieces. First of all, is it a good time to get into the consulting business? It's actually a great time to get into this business for uh, a couple of different reasons. First one is, and Harry Brelsford has mentioned this, we are in a period of an aging environment. Uh, we, the computer consultants, uh, as a group, have gotten old and uh, allowed ourselves to get gray hair and fat bellies. And, um, you know, for the first time in the SMB community, I can look back and say, we've had a couple of people pass away each year for several years. And, um, you know, these are people who are big in the community and well-known and so forth. And, uh, yeah, everybody dies before their time, but um, we as a group are getting older. So I've, I've actually had people write me and ask me questions about, hey, I'm looking towards retirement. What's the best way for me to make money without having to learn all this new stuff? So you have, if you're new to this business, you have, uh, you're moving into an environment where there are people who are ready to get out of this business. So that means by the time you get a couple of years' experience under your belt, um, a, a lot of people are, are going to be retiring. And, uh, you know, I'd say over the next 10 or 15 years, this business, this IT consulting business at the small end, will have matured to the point where there will be always, every year, people retiring. Um, you know, we all started 15, 20 years ago, and, you know, uh, obviously people have have joined the business every year since then, but, um, you know, the core group of people who, you know, look back and say, oh, I've been doing this 20 years, I've been doing this 25 years, um, well, 25 years plus a, a little something that, to start out with, and, uh, you know, you're you're moving up there. So uh, you work any place for 25 years, you're either burned out or you're ready to retire. So, so that's the first thing. The second thing is, uh, we have so many cool products coming out. It's really amazing. And uh, a lot of companies, uh, IBM tried it and, and then they backed off from it, but um, Intel's got a product specifically geared for very small businesses 
who who want to settle the issue of licensing and be able to provide their services very easily to clients. Uh, I was just at the show yesterday. Western Digital has this new uh, NAS device they're coming out with, and um, you know, it, I think they said it holds uh, a couple of terabytes. I mean, it's a gargantuan amount of data. So. Um, um, or maybe it was four terabytes, but um, you know, it's it's just this little device, and all it does is storage, and it runs on the HP storage server essentials, which is sort of the lighter side of the HP storage server. Great, great product, and uh, so it's going to be rock solid. It's built on Western Digital Drive, so obviously they're going to stand behind it. It's got RAID built in. You know, it's a beautiful thing, and it was built specifically for this space. Um, I've talked many times about the HP microservers. I'm, I'm actually, now that my book is done, uh, I'm going to take my microserver that has been, you know, it's, it's had whatever, 100 installs of SBS Essential. It's now going to replace my home server, and uh, I'm going to, I'm going to put it, I'm going to install it here as my server at my house. So uh, it will replace the home server at my house. Um, so, and that little HP box, man, those things are awesome. And, you know, just, just search for HP microserver. And, you know, every time I mention this, somebody emails me the latest link that they found at CDW or someplace where the HP microserver is on a great sale for three or four hundred bucks with SBS Essentials installed. It's, it's absolutely amazing. So, um, so it's good to be getting into this business at a time when a lot of stuff's changing all at once. Uh, and, you know, with the cloud, you could come into this business and start almost immediately at kind of a higher level than the, the rest of us started at because you can handle many more clients with fewer uh, resources. And, um, you know, if you have something like Autotask or ConnectWise, uh, you can monitor lots and lots of clients. You can You can have an entire service board, which was – unaffordable 15 years ago, right? I mean, no one was, no one in our space was going to buy Remedy, right? Intel, HP buy Remedy. Little guys like us don't buy Remedy. So, so now we have options. We have several options for PSA systems, and there are some new ones being introduced into the market. So um, that's kind of cool stuff. And in addition, we have the patch management. You know, there's a hundred ways that you can get patch management today, whether it's level platforms or continuum or whatever. Um, so you could get clients who are all connected to the cloud and connect into them only remotely and, you know, assuming that, that they've got good systems or you make their systems good, you could handle many times more clients than we could 10 years ago simply by having the right tools in place. So that also makes it a good time to get into this market. Um, is it possible, so the next part of the question is, is it possible to start as an MSP without existing clients? Um, because uh, one of the things is, Ron read my book on um, um, managed services a month, which is primarily on converting from break fix to managed services. So the answer is yes. Many people have, uh, you know, bought the religion of managed services and decided they were going to go into business, and they started out as managed service providers right from the get-go, which means, in my opinion, what a managed service provider means is that, A, you sign contracts with your clients 
So you've got monthly recurring revenue. Um, they know what they can expect. You know what you can expect. Uh, you both make it work. Um, and uh, the next thing is that uh, you've got some automated processes. So you regularly maintain all of their systems. You maintain the operating systems. You maintain the software. Um, and in some cases, you might maintain the hardware as well. Um, depends on, on how you set it up. Um, so, but that's something that you can put together a pricing model today and literally just you just go sell one tomorrow. And with all the tools that are available, you could be in business in very short order. So, yeah, I don't think there's any worry about that. You're, if you go in believing that you don't have to do break-fix, I think you will also start at a much higher level than many people start at. There's something about being in a break-fix environment that um, once people get into it, they have a very difficult time getting out. And they don't believe that if they stop doing break-fix that they'll be able to just have enough extra time on their hands to go sign a couple of more contracts and get more managed service people. So, um, you know, I mean, we've been 100% managed service for years and years, and um, we just love it. And i, I got to tell you, we get phone calls because the, the company's name is now America's Tech Support. We get phone calls where people out of the blue say, oh, I want America's Tech Support. So um, i got a problem with my server. Can you run over here and fix it? And the answer is no. If you're not going to sign a contract, I'm not going to fix your server. Um, I, I don't need that small amount of money one time, and then you're never going to call me again. I want you to make a commitment to your technology, and um, then I'll be happy to, to work on it. And we're just not even tempted. It doesn't matter how big the job is. We're not tempted by people who will not sign a contract. Um, so uh, I think that you could start out that way, and I think that you would do very well in this environment that way. Uh, finally, uh, last part of his question is, if you started over today, what would you do? <laughs> uh, um, well, part of it I talked about in terms of tools and so forth. But, you know, if I started over today, I would, I would probably sit down and figure out the tiered plan of where I would spend my resources. Because what's going to happen is early on you're not going to have any resources unless you've got a rich uncle or something. But um, for the most part, when you start out, you've got to go – Build some time and, and then save up a little bit of money or get an extra cash flow so that you can move up to the next level. Uh, I would um, try as soon as possible to hire somebody as an assistant 20 hours a week at $10 an hour and um, have that person do bookkeeping and billing and uh, mailings and filing and all the stuff that doesn't pay $150 an hour. Um, I would charge $150 an hour. I don't care where you are in the United States. I would charge at least $150 an hour. And I, I'm just a believer that no matter where you are, I have so many people come to me and they go, oh, no, where I live, nobody would pay more than $40. That's baloney. People are paying more than $40 in every city in America. So you can be the guy at $40. You can be the guy at $60. You can be the guy at $100. You can be the guy at $150. Um, I would not sign a contract for under $150 today. And um, I just believe that. And, um, you know, there are people charging $40 an hour, and they're busy. But you know what? I don't think their clients consider them to be truly professional. My guess is they don't treat them the same way they treat a, a technician that they're paying $150 an hour to. 
And I have I had people just yesterday saying, you know, oh, you pay me for all this advice and then you don't take it. I was like, really? So what are they paying you for that advice? Because my guess is if they were paying you three times as much, they'd be three times more likely to take the advice. So I would I would have a, a good solid rate at the get-go, um, something that you can actually make money on, and I would set goals for how many billable hours you're going to have each week. I would probably start out with a tool like Log Me In Free uh, for some of the clients and uh, work my way up to, um, you know, if you've got small business server, absolutely rely on the remote web workplace tools built into small business server. Rely on the the um, monitoring and, um, you know, get, get emails when things go wrong in small business server. You can get a program called Servers Alive and it's, it's really cheap. It's like 60 bucks to monitor, I don't know, 100 servers, 100 machines. So you can get something like that that will, you know, tell you if servers and services are not working properly. So you can start out pretty cheap, um, but I would have it my goal to sign up for one of these services where it's a couple of dollars per workstation per month and you get patch management. They, they monitor everything. They create service tickets um, and um, they can log into your PSA and um, put things on the service board if you once you get to the point where you have a PSA. Uh, so I would, I would absolutely do that as the next thing. Uh, so now you've, you've got a good rate, you've got an assistant, you've got patch management, you can handle many more clients than somebody who doesn't have that set up. Um, and then I begin, you know, adding clients to the point where um, you're beginning to have more work than you can handle. Because remember, in the managed service business, there's a little startup getting people on board and fixing their machines and getting them ready to go. But then those machines have almost no labor except hardware goes bad or the user does something they're not supposed to, right? Other than that, once a machine is tuned up and ready to go, it, it, what's going to break, right? It's, it's not going to break itself. So uh, if the hardware goes bad and you didn't sell them the system, that's fine. You're, you're, you don't cover hardware, so you're going to charge them for that. Um, eventually, you're going to sell them new machines, um, but you know, almost all of the issues you deal with are going to be covered even or in they're going to be billable even though they have managed services because hardware is not covered. And, you know, if if a client, you know, gets a virus one time, um, you can fix it and cover it, but give them a warning that, hey, you know, you did this to your own machine because you clicked on something you weren't supposed to. Um, you know, the big warning comes up, oh, you need antivirus 2012. You have 17 infections. Click here. Um, that's just a matter of training. But um, anyway, uh, those machines that are on managed services, there's a lot of work the first month and almost nothing after that. So really, when I talk about you having so much labor you can't handle it yourself, it is not going to be on the desktop. It's going to be new installations. It's going to be signing clients, and then there's a bunch of labor to get 20 users on the system. Okay, then you go sign another client, and there's a bunch of labor to get five users on the system. You sign another client, and there's a bunch of labor to get 25 users on the system. Um, but once they're on the system, there's very, very few things go wrong, very little work to be done, um, and then it's just project labor, right? Somebody say, oh, you know, we need to 
migrate this database to the newest version, right? Okay, well, that's a project, and you're going to bill them for it, but it takes time. Uh, eventually, you will hire somebody. And, you know, I, I will say today, I made the mistake in my business, uh, I made it a couple of times, uh, thinking that I had to hire somebody full-time. And, you know, it's just, it, it killed me at, you know, in the Y2K era, just, just after the, uh, the turn of the century. And um, so, and then I, you know, I took a couple of stabs at it. And finally, I decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to hire somebody part-time and, and I'm only going to buy the hours I need. And I'm sorry about that, but I can't afford anything else. And I found people to do it and I found good people to do it. And um, I, I found a, a core of people you know, a couple of guys that I could absolutely rely on to help me grow my business. And um, and then we gradually moved up to where we had a whole bunch of technicians and everybody was working full-time and it was great. And, um, you know, so so you can get there. It's just a matter of getting there step by step. Um, and finally, the last thing I do is I would dedicate myself to either doing sales or trying to find somebody who will do sales for you. Pay them ridiculous amounts of money. Give them 50% of the first month. Give them 100% of the first month. It doesn't matter um, as long as they're signing contracts. Um, and if they're not signing contracts, get somebody else immediately. Do not pay people to not sell. Pay people to sell. And if you do sales, if you sign one new client a month, that's 12 in an entire year, your company will grow and grow and grow. And um, and so I would put a lot of, of resources into that. I would I literally, this you're not going to believe this, but this is my number. I would put one-third of the profit of your company into sales, whether it's their salaries or commissions or whatever. And I'm not talking about marketing and advertising. I'm talking about paying salespeople to sell their stuff. You still get to keep two-thirds of the profit, but um, – if you dedicate that kind of money to sales, I guarantee that your company will grow. And um, then it's just a matter of, you know, managing the emerging company as it grows. So, all right. So that's what I had for questions that were mailed in. And so if anybody's got any questions online, I'd be very happy to take those. Uh, just go to the Q&A section and... Uh, I'm hoping this works. I, I always have. <laughs> I can never quite figure out if I'm getting questions or not. Um, so I know Ken's there. Ken, can you just type something to see if I get it on my question window? <laughs> All righty then. So um, if that's it and there are no questions, then um, I think we will conclude for the day. I hope that this was worthwhile for everyone. As always, I really appreciate your feedback, and that includes feedback on the registration process and, you know, how the show went and everything else. Um, just send those emails to carlp at greatlittlebook.com, and uh, I will be very happy to answer your questions and see what I can do, um, you know, uh, online and see what I can do on this show. So. Send me emails, carlp at greatlittlebook.com. And um, I thank everyone for participating today, and I will see you next month. <laughs>